Reading from God's Word, the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In late August, in the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year of King Ataxerxes, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Father of heaven, it is our prayer this morning that you will use these words to bring honor and glory to yourself. And that is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Everyone who stands in this place on any given Sunday unapologetically preaches the authoritative word of God. We preach that we are all sinners and all of us are in need of a savior and that we can be saved only by the grace and mercy of God through Christ. When you hear anything from this place, other than the fact that we worship the God who loves us with an everlasting love, you should consider seriously why you've heard what you've heard. Today is that day as I share a different kind of message with you. I want to do two things today. First of all, I want to share frankly with all of you who call Tiburon Baptist Church your home. And secondly, I want to uh, talk about ways in which we may honor God. Now, those of you who are guests uh, can go ahead and stay today, you're welcome to listen in on this very personal family message that I share. We should all understand that God is worthy of everything we could possibly ever do to bring glory and honor to his name. That is what we are about as his adopted children. His grace and mercy has been extended to every one of us. And for those who profess the name of Jesus, we have been saved from the eternal ruin that we so deserve. But before I get ahead of myself, I want to share share with you a personal part of my own story. I will turn 59 years old in about three weeks. In 1953, the Southern Baptist Convention adopted a theme entitled, A Million More in 54. The plan was to enroll one million new people in Sunday school in Southern Baptist churches across America. That enrollment plan continued in 1954, again in 1955, and in April of 1955, a Sunday school teacher from Calvary Baptist Church in Pampa, Texas, knocked on our door. My parents were members of Calvary Baptist, and that preschool teacher was there to enroll me in Sunday school. Two months before I would actually make my presence into this world, 
official. I was now an official member of a Southern Baptist Church Sunday school class. You need to know that I have been a Southern Baptist for over 59 years now. And my birthday is not for three more weeks. Church has always been a part of my life. Tiburon is the 19th Southern Baptist Church that I have been a member of. All of them had buildings, except one. And that one was a brand new mission. We had uh, groupings in three different homes uh, during that uh, year. We lived in Wisconsin. It was quite an experience, and it has been quite an experience, to experience these churches of varying sizes and shapes and colors and everything else. I was taught at a very early age that the building is not the church. When I am in this place teaching about church here at Tiburon, I normally say something like this. Church began to arrive this morning about 6.30 a.m., And since we're not having church this evening, by 3 o'clock this afternoon, church will be gone from this location. I talk about the church gathered and the church scattered. Those of us who make up the membership of Tiburon Baptist Church regularly gather as Scripture calls us to do. However, when we leave this place, we do not stop being the church We are now the church scattered in the various communities where we live and work. Just as those who have gone before us in the past, we are coming to a crossroads in the life of our local church that meets in this location. We are being asked questions regarding the future of current facilities. And should we or should we not take on this phase of renovation that will adjust the course of church life as we know it for now and for the generations to come. Here is your Tiburon Baptist Church history lesson for the morning. In 1957, the state of California purchased the right-of-way for Tiburon Boulevard from a family-owned dairy that was located right where you sit this morning. After the transaction, our little 3.3-acre plot was left over. Two full years before we would even be considered a church. It was of no use to the dairy farmer, so Dr. Harold Graves, president of Golden Gate Seminary, negotiated the purchase of our property for, as you've heard, $30,000. And he envisioned a Baptist church here In southern Marin. Along with the soon to be charter members of the church, he asked some other Golden Gate Seminary trustees to help, and they together came up with $7,500, one fourth of the purchase price. The Home Mission Board provided a $15,000 loan, and the dairy farmer was willing to carry this note with Dr. Graves on the remaining $7,500, and the property was ours. Two years later, on August the 2nd, 1959, 
Dr. Graves' dream of a Baptist church in southern Marin became a reality as our mission was born with the first meetings taking place in the chapel of Golden Gate Seminary. A year later, on June the 5th, 1960, the mission constituted into a new church, and we were called Tiburon Boulevard Baptist Church. The church continued to meet in the seminary chapel until we moved into this sanctuary on September the 6th, 1964. And on September 7th of this year, we'll mark 50 years of uninterrupted ministry out of this room and this location. For your information, on June the 20th, 1973, Tiburon Boulevard Baptist Church became known as simply Tiburon Baptist Church. In June of 1960, the appeal went out to come join our new Baptist church and help us pay a $22,500 debt. For all intents and purposes, $22,500 in 1960 sounded much like $3.2 million in 2014. But that was only the beginning since that was simply the price for the land itself. And the cost for the buildings and the facilities would be added to that. The task before that handful of seminary students, seminary professors and faculty and staff, and a small number of community folks was daunting, to say the least. But they stepped out in faith, just as the people of God have always stepped out in faith since the time of Noah and Abraham. And the same question is before us as we prepare to meet next Sunday on June the 1st. Will we step out in faith? Nehemiah is one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. In today's scripture, we read about Nehemiah, who was born a century after the Babylonian exile. This Persian-born Jew serving in a Persian king's court had only learned from his Jewish fathers about their homeland. But word comes to him about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and was back in Judah, living in Jerusalem. But the picture was not a pretty one. Listen again to verses 3 and 4 from that first chapter. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. While his heart was broken over the fact that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and the gates had been burned by fire, his heart was really breaking for the vulnerability of his extended family who were now in danger. His concern for the people was intense not specifically concerned for the wall. But the wall still played a significant role in their lives. Our concern should always focus on people. 
who will be recipients of ministry coming from this place more than the actual building itself. When we come to the end of our days and we reflect on our time at Tiburon Baptist Church, we will not talk about the buildings, but we will talk about the names and the faces of the people that we interact with on a regular, ongoing basis. Just as those people made a difference in Nehemiah's life and in his day. Our focus on people does not reduce the importance of a renovation we're making decisions over. And that did not keep Nehemiah from going to the Persian king to ask permission to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. The completed wall for was for the people. Just as anything we do in this building renovation is for people. But at the end of the day, our ministry is about the lives of men, women, boys, and girls who need to hear the good news of Jesus. And I believe that is what this building renovation is really about. Now, I've heard that we do not need a building, a fancy building, at that to make ourselves look better. And that is exactly right. But I do not believe that a creating a fancy building was ever the motivation in the original idea that was introduced to the church family back in October of 2008. You know, most of us keep our houses and homes clean and neat, especially when we entertain guests and they are on their way over. However, sometimes we're embarrassed when we get caught with someone dropping in unannounced but that's, that should never be the case here at church because there hardly ever a Sunday goes by when we do not have guests in our midst. As our homes age, we put on fresh coats of paint. We replace worn out appliances and carpet. And on occasion, we remodel a kitchen or a bathroom and sometimes even add on an existing structure. Under normal circumstances, we take great pride in where we live. And I believe that same thing should hold true for our church. I hope that we can take a healthy pride in our facilities. This is not, and I repeat, this is not the Crystal Cathedral. I can't think of anything that I would even classify as ornate. Probably the two most impressive things that people speak of when they visit our church is the engineering marvel of our three floating crosses out front and our floor-to-ceiling stained glass in this room. People marvel even more when they discover that San Quentin inmates provided and built our stained glass. Every aspect of the plans that we have seen is functional. Much of the renovation to existing structure is overdue maintenance. Our two annual holiday meals are either so crowded that we have to take turns inhaling and exhaling because we are so squeezed together, or we are spread out over this entire church facility and we have no clue of who is actually in the house. 
We've been completely out of Sunday morning Bible study space for years, and new classes have to be held either in the office suite or in one of the pastor's offices. Our bathrooms are barely legal. And we have no facilities at all for our children up on the third floor that creates a logistical nightmare for teachers who have to accompany our kids up and down the stairs simply to go to the bathroom. In each phase of building that has taken place since we first entered this sanctuary in 1964, the facilities were more for the next generation than for the ones that built it. The small group of members who built this sanctuary did not come close to filling this room, but their prayer was that someday it would be full. The first time that Tiburon went to a second service was not for the sake of needing more space, but to provide an alternate worship style. On those cold, windy, rainy winter nights when I was a seminary student, I would stand at that back door right back there and brace myself for that long run to the car to keep from getting soaking wet because we had no gallery in which to get at least that many steps closer before that run. In the mid-90s, when the sidewalk was enclosed and it was intended to provide a warmer, drier, friendlier place for people as they came in and out of this gallery as they arrived and departed. Over the past couple of weeks, the materials that Pastor Bryce produced have challenged us to seek the will of God in all of this. I am not yet convinced if we have actually done that. All of the conversations I've heard have been less about God's will and more about why do we need all of this and who's going to pay for it. John's account of the feeding of the 5,000 begins with Jesus asking his disciples, where are we going to buy enough bread to feed all of these people? The next verse goes on to say that this was simply a test to see how the disciples would respond because Jesus already had a plan. And since Peter did not speak up, Philip responded first. He did the quick math and he said eight months of wages would not be enough to provide bread for all of these people. Andrew may have been joking when he said, that he had a young boy's lunch that included five small barley loaves and two fish, but added that this would not be nearly enough. Jesus didn't worry about the extreme cost of such an undertaking or the size of a small boy's lunch that he had to start with, but he simply said, have the crowd sit down. He took the bread and he blessed it and he gave it to the disciples to start distributing it to the crowd. He did the same for the fish. And instead of running out very quickly, the story goes on to say that everyone had more than they could eat. And in fact, Jesus had to instruct them to gather the leftovers 
12 baskets remaining. The disciples were overwhelmed by the size of the crowd and could probably not take their eyes off of that enormous task that lay before them. All the while, Jesus was working a miracle in their midst. Today, all we can see is a $3.2 million price tag. And we forget about the other lesser priced options that are before us. And the fact that God may be again working a miracle in our midst. Did you know that the average list price for a home on Belvedere Island is $6.3 million list price? Did you know that the average list price of homes in our Tiburon zip code is $4.1 million? Now, I remind you, we are not trying to keep up with the Joneses. But I simply want to illustrate where we are at and where we live in this place called Tiburon Baptist Church. I firmly believe that one of the many ways in which we can honor God is how we care for the things that he has put into our hands and things for which he has made us stewards. Good stewardship is not only takes care of the existing church plant, but it also looks at the numerous ways in which we may increase our witness, both for now and for the generation to come. About five years ago, we had the idea of beginning a preschool and parent choir that would provide a musical touch for families in Southern Marin. That first year, the choir met over at Golden Gate Academy on the seminary campus. The next year, we moved it to the church and scheduled our choirs and handbills for all of our, and all of our children's activities around our Wednesday night dinner. Over these years, half of our table space has to be reserved for children and their families. Wednesday night is an exciting time as Carol leads our kids in their own prayer for their food. They eat, and then on birthday cake week, they line up to see if they can get their favorite colored icing on their piece of cake. It's a wild time, to say the least, but we feel that we are only touching the tip of the iceberg and that there is so much more potential to engage families in Southern Marin. Our kids are running down from the third level from choir down to the first level for dinner, back to the second level for handbells, and finally back to the first level for MK Friends. Kids are running all over this building all the time. What a wonderful, wonderful concern. I am asking myself many questions during this season. Am I truly seeking the will of God as we approach our June 1st meeting? Is my attitude going into this meeting honoring God at all? Is he even a thought in my prayer? If I understand this to be God's will for us to move ahead, am I willing to give sacrificially over and above my normal giving? Lots of questions need answers. I believe that some level of this project 
It's what Tiburon, Tiburon Baptist Church needs at this particular moment in time. But what I believe is immaterial on this subject, I want you to know that each of us has to come to a sense of peace about this decision. We must understand that unity in the body of Christ is more important than anything else we can do. I believe that the things I've talked about will position us to share the good news of a risen Savior with more people in the days ahead and will continue to honor God in all that we do. Father, it is my prayer this morning that above everything else we do, any other decision we make, that we will honor you. That is my prayer in Jesus' name.